This is the Tom Bigby Tales, and I'm your host, Shannon Evans. I write about a small town along the Tom Bigby River called Columbus in Northeast Mississippi, and sometimes I write about the rest of the state. This episode is titled Bots and Bullies. I don't know who is responsible for the bots and fake accounts leaving positive likes, hearts, and carefully scripted comments, but it's clear that someone or some group is behind it, and they work for the W. It is interesting that the most fervent, positive feedback in their Facebook pages is from faculty and staff at the university. An overwhelming majority leaving pro-Winbridge feedback have employment links to the W. While I take zero issue with employees leaving pro pro comments, they should at least disclose their affiliation with the university. But that seems to be so much of the driving force of the anger and frustration of current students and alumni, the lack of transparency. And then there's the bullying of the alumni or the ignoring of them. I want to read you a letter that an alumni shared with me, someone who belongs to the Alumni Association. A week or so ago, I called the W's University Relations, and Erica, I think that's her name, answered. That is, she is the head of the alumni, of the University Relations. I asked her what Tower the Blue means, as it's a slogan I've noticed on W websites. I looked up tower and found it means to rise above with synonyms. Erica, which is actually Annika, I believe, she said it means rise too. I said I didn't see that as a definition, and she said that she does see it as a definition. Why should she be argumentative about that? And this reminds me of the conversation of, with <clears throat> about the Tom Bigby podcast. Are they trying to destroy the W, or are they just stupid and don't listen? I find they seem argumentative generally. I think I'm going to call another alum and see if she's got the her ear to the ground and cares very much. Because clearly, the W's University Relations head then wanted the name of the person calling. It's like they're putting me on some list and her tone of voice changed. Now, let's shift to the quarterly Jackson Metro Alumni Luncheon. Okay, this person then writes, I attended the quarterly Jackson Metro Alumni Luncheon recently and discussion of the name change was immediately shut down by the outgoing president who had not been to one meeting since she had been elected a year ago. An alumnus stood up to discuss. It was immediately turned to and told sternly, we are not going to discuss that during this meeting. Several W department heads were there. Of course, most alums were expected to be discussing the new naming at the meeting. I called one that I could find a number for, and we talked a long time about that, etc. Don't recall specifics. I sat next to a, Miss, a W University official, and I told her I felt if the name was changed, there would be those who would stop donating to the Alumni Foundation. She said she was very afraid of that. I liked her, but I don't know if she's a Nora Miller fan like the university relations woman is, according to my impression. There was another mystery woman at the meeting. I saw her talking at length with the head of the W Library, Amanda Powers. 
Later, I saw this person talking to outgoing Jackson Metro president. And when I went over to talk to the president to let her know that I thought it was rude the way she interrupted the alum who wanted to discuss the name change, the woman standing there let me know in a very intimidating way that president was not going to talk about anything that was not on the agenda, which was the installation of new officers. And she tapped her finger very roughly on the agenda I was holding in my hand. I'm not easy to intimidate, but since I'm on the shady side of being a spring chicken, I didn't want a hassle for sure. What a bunch of you-know-what. So, tell me. Why is someone doing this to the alumni? These are deeply disturbing allegations. No wonder alumni feel alienated, forgotten, and discounted. It's as if the university leadership is saying, we want your money, but we don't actually want your input, your involvement, or your historic contributions to the long blue line. Alumni are livid, and the university will have to build relationship fences with the alumni for many years to come after this naming event. The current and future administrations will have to spend hundreds of thousands of dollars trying to mend those fences, explaining and apologizing, which never would have been required if they had made the alumni feel heard and included and the process transparent. Instead, they blindsided and betrayed alumni two times in this naming, first with Brightwell and second with when whatever. It would have taken so little to be inclusive instead of dismissive. Shame on them forgetting that we, the W's own, were taught on that campus to be assertive, to fight for our rights, to be heard, and to be allowed to lift our voices in protest and dissent. We were taught that women were important and we are responsible for our own futures. And now the university leadership is exactly that we, the alumni, are doing exactly what we were taught to do, trained to do, practiced, and pushed and made to do in the classrooms and auditoriums of the very grounds we are told to be quiet on. Has the university abandoned its mission? Clearly, the leadership has lost their compass on that significant mission, academic and leadership for women. And now we are rightfully questioning, where are they leading the university? Into obscurity? Students and alumni have spoken out. Renaming is not the issue. It is the erasure of the 140 years of women's history that is being protested. They don't want a name that sounds like a seedy extended stay hotel. What's so hard for leadership to grow to grasp about that? And that leads me back to the bots and fake profiles trying to sway public opinion with fake likes and even worse scripted posts to which no one ever replies to a challenge. First, there's Octavia Salaz, whose photo is stolen and often used by fake profiles. Then there's Pedro Acevedo, another fake profile. Luis Antonio Reidlinger allegedly attended the W per his profile, yet none of his friends list indicate any former W students or faculty or current W students or faculty, and his profile pics also belong to another unrelated account. Cardinda Hubbard is a fake profile. Her profile picture is a favorite among scammers, especially scammers preying on lonely men of a certain age. 
Perhaps my favorite is Saladino Medin, whose profile photo is stolen from a LinkedIn account of an Australian named Christian Shepherd. Why on earth did the university pay for fake influencers to skew the positive responses? Who came up with the idea to do such an ethically questionable behavior online for the university's behalf? Did they also hire bots and fakes IDs to skew the responses on the Clarion Ledger poll? Who paid for this? Is this the action of our new branding expert or the actions of the Director of University Relations, Annika Mitchell-Perkins? The legislature and the IHL should dig deeper into what's really being done with the money designated for this name change fiasco number two and see where it's going and how it's being spent. Something stinks to high heaven in this complete mess MUW President Miller and Mitchell and Amanda Clay Powers have made of the entire naming process. I am a third-generation alumni. I care. I want the W to succeed. I have no issue with renaming the university, but do it in a way that honors its rich and relevant past and is transparent and, by God, ethical. Nothing so far demonstrates that in round two of the name game. I'm Shannon Evans, and I want to thank you for coming to the Tom Bigby Tales. Until next time.